holiday weekend is about to begin, but we can't start it yet. Ain't that right? Oh, yeah. uh, that's right, because we have to first stop and ask the preacher. Ask the preacher. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. They're located on North Socrum Loop in North Lakeland. And now with the final broadcast of Ask the Preacher for this year, your host, John Freed. For this year. We will be back next Friday, and we'll probably be on this station, Lord willing. And uh, even if the sun don't shine and the creek rises, how's that go, Eric? Something like that? <laughs> I think you got it. I think, yeah, okay. So we might just be here for the next 20 years, maybe 30, 40, if radio still exists, and it probably will. Uh, folks, it's good to be with you here on, uh, yes, Eric is, is right on this last Friday of the year. I'm not sure whether to be sad that uh, 2022 is is gone or to be excited that 2023 is coming. Um, I suppose it can be a, just a, a mixed bag of emotions, but we won't be emotional. How about that? Hey, join me in welcoming um, my son in the faith, very dear friend, uh, Jonathan Alagado. Welcome, Hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Good to be with you tonight. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since you've been in the, in the studio with me, and so I, I appreciate you coming and, and being here. Um, so, Eric, you did not start with a joke today, and so I, I'm going to give you one. Uh, this is from my daughter. Uh, what did Adam say to his wife on New Year's? All right. Uh, what did Adam say to his wife on New Year's? Expecting a funny response. He said, it's New Year's, Eve. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find that in Genesis Negative one. Um, no, I'm just kidding. All right, folks, uh, you're you're listening to Ask the Preacher, and and so maybe you have a, a question or comment or something that that uh, you would like to call in and uh, and give to us on this last show of the year. The number in the studio, as always, is area code eight six three six eight two fourteen thirty eight six three six eight two fourteen thirty. And um, before we get going, uh, we just want to say Happy New Year to everybody. Yes, who's, Happy who's New Year to you. Um, you know, 2022 was a was an interesting year. Um, I think uh, there is an aspect of 2022 that will continue on into 2023. In 2020 and in 2021, we saw um, some of the greatest uh, uh, some of the greatest corruption that we've seen. Uh, it's it has been. Ever uncovered and, and unveiled uh, much of it. And in 2022, we are seeing um, some of the lie and deception that took place even during the COVID time, um, some of the scare that that that, that, that people um, were pushed into. Uh, a lot of trust went out to medical, a lot of trust went out to scientific, a lot of a trust went out to government. And then you're seeing some things now um, that's like, oh my gosh, we were we were lied to, or we were at least deceived. Uh, whether knowingly deceived or ignorantly deceived is, is still to some degree yet to be found out, you know, but we're finding so many things out. And I think that aspect of 2022 will continue on into 2023. Oh, undoubtedly. undoubtedly. Yeah, there's still a whole lot more that, that will be shown. Um, and, and Jonathan, I am continually reminded uh, almost every day you come across something that simply uh, under the surface or sometimes right on the surface um, gives this principle. God knows what he's doing. 
God's yeah. smart, and, and this God is the, the the principle that I really want us to get in in, in the or even for myself. I have to remind myself of this, and I remind others of this. Doing it God's way is the best way. All the time. In one sense, we'd like to say it's the only way, but the reality is we've got other options, we've got other choices, but God's way, it it always proves out to be the best way. And uh, so if I could give one piece of advice to anybody going into 2023, and you say, what should I do different in 2023 as opposed to 2022? I, I, I would say this. Any way that you thought that you were doing yourself that hadn't seemed to bear good fruit, hadn't really seemed to work out well, search and find out God's way concerning the matter and make every effort to do it God's way mm. in 2023. Um, yeah. So— you know, in one sense, I could I could probably um, do that for every year as you come into every year. But people make health resolutions every year. <laughs> I'm going to eat less, you know, sweets. I'm going to work out in the gym. I'm going to save more money, you know, whatever the case might be. People make those types of resolutions every year, all their life, you know. Um, and whether they fulfill them or not, it, t- it, it tends to be a new resolution the next new year. Um, but... The, the the way to find success is finding the will of God and doing that. Oh, yes. All through the scripture, you see the Lord. You see the no, get, Lord get talking about, to your mic there. Um, do this and I'll make you successful. And the funny thing is, uh, we can say that we see this in James. We see this all through the Psalms. We see this in Joshua. He says, if you do this, then you will make your way successful. Because I've set up the framework. Yeah. Here's the framework. Now you just got got you have to go get it. Every person has an inheritance in the Lord, but you have to go get it. If he's already given it, then that just means that I have to go get it. You know, I heard a man once say, you know, he brought them into the land of milk and honey, but they still had to go milk the cows and tend to the bees. <laughs> yeah. And the reality is even when they went in there, they were gonna have to fight the giants. Yes. There were giants in that land. Um and God but God had said to them. I have given you that land. So despite what they saw and despite their opposition, they should have believed God's word that says, I have given you that land. So what they did was they went to spy out what God had given, and they found out, oh, there's opposition. And they were more afraid of the opposition. They had more fear of the opposition than they had faith in God's word. And notice that God didn't tell them. When he said, go look at the land I've given you, he never mentioned the the opposition. Yeah, it wasn't. A, a it wasn't on his. God. Correct. Yeah. It's not on his plan. You uh, you quoted. Uh, you referenced Joshua chapter one verse eight that says this book of the law. And if we if we put that in modern day terms, if we just said, well, what does that mean now? Well, in general, we could say the word of God. Yes. The 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 law of God, the word of God. Uh, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Now that doesn't mean it shouldn't it shouldn't leave your mouth. Um, what that means is it should always be in your mouth. It shouldn't leave your mouth. It should abide. It should abide. It should remain. It should continue. In other words, you should always be speaking it. So let me say it this way. God's word should continually be spoken from your mouth, and you should continually meditate in it day and night. Why? So that you will observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt have uh, for then thou shalt make your way prosperous. For yes. then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And so it, it is by knowing God's will and doing God's will 
yes. that we find the success of God. And if it, we are doing something contrary to will of the will of God, then, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that's not going to go well for you. I don't intend to fight God, but yet sometimes we do it inadvertently. The best thing is to find out His will and to do His will. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then, you know, when I think about, if if I've said this before, if I didn't want somebody to come to my house, I wouldn't give them directions to come to my house. Yeah, and certainly you wouldn't give them an invitation. Correct. And God here gives us direction and invitation yeah. to be prosperous and successful. That's how I know that he, that for his children, for the whole world, obviously, but for, for his children, he wants us to be prosperous, to be successful, to be healthy. We should be on a different level. We should shine. So, you know, if you've had some struggles in this last year and, you know, you've stubbed your toe a few times, one thing I've I've come to realize is that God doesn't punish people. We get ourselves in a pickle, and he gets us out of it. Yeah, uh, there is a judgment that comes from God. Yes. That's the, that's at the end of the road. That's Most of the time, the uh, the situations that we're feeling are not God's doing. <laughs> They're ours. But, um, yeah, hey, Third John verse 2, right before we take a break here. The, th- the book of Third John, it's only one chapter, so it's verse 2. Beloved. He's talking to you, the people that he loves. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He wants your soul to prosper, and when your soul prospers, you'll you'll have uh, riches and health. Mm-hmm. Um, anything can be taken out of context or even out of proportion, but God desires you to experience his best. So uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will talk about six things that will keep you from moving forward. Six things that will keep you from moving forward. And uh, when we come back from this break, again, if you want to call in, the number is 682-1430. Now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's John and Jonathan. Hey, welcome, everybody. Glad you're listening. And uh, during the break, we got a uh, phone call request, and so we appreciate everybody who, who calls in. Uh, the request is is quite interesting. I don't think we'll be able to to really satisfy the request. But they, would you please sing "Old Lang Syne"? And uh, the, the the reason for the request is um, this person watches our services online, which you could do as well. We'll invite you to do that. Believersfellowship.com is our website, and then from there you can find our YouTube channel, Facebook. Um, we do have a Rumble channel. Rumble is clunky, uh, so we're not always able to get our broadcast up on that. But uh, And then, of course, we just broadcast right there on the website, believersfellowship.com. But they watch the services, Janet, and uh, she says, uh, would you sing Old Lang Syne? And they, th- that's because she knows that... That I can't sing a lick. Jonathan Alagato is a wonderful man, uh, very blessed of God, uh, but singing is not a gift that God has given. So... <laughs> On the count of three, uh, Jonathan, take it away. One, two, three. Should all acquaintance... (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, Happy New Year, everybody. Okay. Uh, I I told you we would would talk about six things that can keep you from moving forward. Six things that will keep you from moving forward. And I want to start out by reading Hebrews chapter 12, Real quick, and and this is complicated for me to read through a passage real quick. I I like to stop at every little place, but I'll do my best not to. So Hebrews chapter 12 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Anytime you see a therefore, you got to stop and see what it's there for. In Hebrews chapter 11, that's called Faith's Hall of Fame is what it's, that chapter has mm. been nicknamed that. And it just goes through a list of the greats in, in Scripture. Um, Abraham and Noah and Moses and, 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 you know, all the way through. And so anyway, in, verse, in chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all these people that were talked about in chapter 11, yeah. let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter, the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that is set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and you will not lose heart. Yeah. In your struggle against sin, have you not yet resisted to the point of the shedding of your own blood? And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father would address his son in saying, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the, ones that, the one that he loves, and he chastens everyone that he accepts as his son. Endure hardship, hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate. You're not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us in respect for themselves. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us, talking about these natural fathers, they disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our own good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but rather painful. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those Amen. who have been well trained by it, by that discipline. So therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees and make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather so that they may be healed. And we'll stop there in reading Hebrews chapter 12, but uh, uh, and we'll get into talking about six things that will keep you from moving forward. Um, and so in looking at, at Hebrews chapter 12, you see these, these six things that uh, they're, they're, you can— I won't detail them, but you can find them in there. I'll read them to you, these six things first, and then we'll go back and talk about each one. Uh, six things that can keep you from moving forward. Number one would be offense or becoming bitter, getting angry about something that didn't go right. Yeah. Offense or bitterness. Number two would be shame. Something didn't go right and you feel just overly bad about it. Oh, woe is me. I'm not I'm not good enough for anything. You know, so that's number 2, shame. Number 1 is offense or bitterness. Uh number 2, shame. Number 3, stubbornness or pride or not not being willing to admit a problem. Uh these are six things that'll keep you from moving forward. Number number 4, unforgiveness, holding grudges. Unforgiveness. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh number 5 would be lack of vision or will give another phrase, undisciplined, or we'll give another phrase, laziness. You say, what does lack of vision or being undisciplined or laziness have to do with each other? We'll talk about that if we get there. And the last thing, the sixth, the sixth thing that will keep you from moving forward would be a lack of faith, which comes from 
ignorance, mm-hmm. and that produces doubt or even fear. And yeah. so those are the six things. One more time, six things that will keep you from moving forward. Number one is offense. Number two, shame. Number three, stubbornness or pride. Number four, unforgiveness. Number five, lack of, lack of vision, lack of discipline or laziness. And number six, lack of faith, which produces doubt and fear. So, uh, Jonathan, read read that scripture when we were talking earlier. He said, "Oh, that's that's Philippians three thirteen. Oh yeah. So Paul says, "Brethren, I do not count myself to have already apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the high prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus." So when he says forgetting those things which are which are behind, um, you know, I, I think oftentimes we look at stuff and we say, okay, I've got to I've got to forget the bad things of my past, and that's true. We we need to let those things go. But do you realize when he wrote that he didn't say forgetting the bad? No, he's talking about all the successes he had in the past. Yeah, even all the successes, because uh, in, in other places he says, "Man, I count myself as not as to having apprehended anything." Right there, he says, right. it's, "It's I haven't gained anything because there's still something for me to gain." Um, so everything comes or should come in healthy balance. Um, I don't think Paul is is saying here that you should have a, a forgetful mind. You should you should forget everything in the sense that you literally don't know what he's saying is I don't hold on to my accomplishments. To say, look what I've done. Correct. Because the problem is if you celebrate that you've landed on first base and you sit there and keep partying about first base, you're going to miss your double or your triple opportunity. Or your home run. Or your home run. That's yeah, right. buddy. That's right. So you, you um, what's the old thing? You, you have to take your, your foot off first in order to, to make it to second. It's a baseball analogy again. You know, science says – science in your brain, when you when you have a dream or a vision and you talk about it um, to people as it's already done, what that does subconsciously is that tells your mind to quit pursuing that, quit thinking about it, because subconsciously you've accomplished it. I didn't know that. Heather taught me that. So if you have something you're looking forward to doing, just be careful about talking about it too much like it's already done. Yeah, because in, in your mind you end up figuring that it's done, and you don't end up acting Correct. on it, and you got to act on it. Um, so having um, having goals, I know a lot of people, they'll, they'll disdain the ideas of New Year's resolutions. I don't disdain the ideas of uh, New Year's resolutions. I think it's a great opportunity because it's a fresh start. It's just a clean calendar year one slash one slash, in this case, 23. And so it's a great opportunity to get a fresh start. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit of God will help you start afresh and new. He loves to do that. And so he will help you. Uh, We've got to take a break at the bottom of the hour here, but we will be back. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to Ask the Preacher here. And when we come back, we'll pick up with our conversation on six things that will keep you from moving forward. And uh, we'll actually get into the six things. Stay uh, stay tuned and call in if you'd like, 863-682-1430. Now let's get back to the second half of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher program brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church there in North Lakeland. Here's your host, John Freed. 
Hey, good to be with you on this last Friday of the year. Happy New Year to you. Uh, happy conclusion of 2022. Happy beginning of 2023. Good to have you uh, listening to the Ask the Preacher program. Jonathan, it's good to have you in the studio with oh, me Oh, well, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so we are going to get into these six things that will keep you moving forward. Um, and, you know, somebody might say, why did you have to give us negatives? Um, why couldn't you just give us six things uh, that will cause you to move forward? Well, if you're a positive person, you'll be able to flip this around to the positive. So um, either way, it it works. So some things that will anchor you down, keep you from moving forward. Number one is offense or bitterness. Yeah. Uh, to get angry about something, to get your feelings hurt, to become offended, and uh, you you hang on to the offense you hang on to the, the the bitterness, the anger anger about the issue, and you can't move on into other things because you're anchored down to that occasion. Um, offenses come to everybody, and the opportunity to be offended. Yes. Uh, you know, I can't believe he said that to me. Da, 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 you know, uh, yeah, everybody gets that. It happens, and it's going to happen again. No matter how grown up you are, the opportunity to become offended is going to find its way into your garage sometime in the in the future, maybe the very near future. What you do with it is entirely That's the key. up That's to you. That's right. That's right. I heard a man once say, "If if I come in and show you a band aid, and I and I say, look, man, I really messed my arm up, and I pull the band aid back, and it's just fresh, just still oozing blood." And you say, man, when did you do that? And I say, 10 years ago. Oh, gosh. What does that mean? It means I'm continually, every time I'm talking to somebody, I'm talking about this. I'm peeling it back. I'm every, ripping my healing off every time. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one, the, the first thing of six things that will keep you from moving forward, offense or, or bitterness. I, I want to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. And then, uh, Jonathan, you're going to read Hebrews 12, 15. Uh, Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. These are not things that we should hold on to. These are things that we should put away from us. Um, and if you think about putting something away um, in the context of how this is saying it, it doesn't mean store it up. Right. It means get rid of it. it. means get rid of it. Put it away from you. Um, it would be like if a, a wasp came and was looking to sting you. Your objective is to get that wasp out of here or get me away from it. Either right. way, I'm producing a separation between me and it. We should produce a separation between the offense or the bitterness and ourselves. Don't carry offense. Right. He, Hebrews right. twelve fifteen. Hebrews 12, 15, Paul says, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So when the beginning of that verse talks about the, the grace of God, so let me, let me say it this way. Um, grab a hold of God's grace so that a root of bitterness doesn't come up and cause trouble. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you pictured it, like this, uh, if if there was a weed that grew in your garden at home, in your landscaping or in your garden, the idea is uh, it, it's easier for you to get rid of it when it's fresh, when it's, right. when it's brand it's new. It's not strong yet. It's not strong. It hasn't rooted. But when it roots in, it causes a variety of, of trouble. The last part of that verse says, um, but because of this, many are, are defiled. Um, or you could say it this way, many have are, are made 
unclean or many are made dirty. So again, picture that in your landscaping. It's like you had a beautiful landscaping, but you had this one little weed that you didn't tend to, and it gained root, and then all of a sudden it got big, and those pretty flowers that you had don't look so pretty anymore because of this big root. And so then you decide, I'm going to get rid of that thing. And you go and you grab it, and you start pulling on it, and it's hard to pull up. And it might end up damaging all those beautiful flowers because of the roots are now inter- yep. intertwined. That's exactly so right. The, the something that will keep you from moving forward, offense or bitterness. And so it's not that offenses won't come. Matter of fact, Jesus plainly said offenses will come. Offenses must come. They are necessary, he said. They're part of the cleaning and the purifying process. Yes, Again, we sir. read Hebrews 12. Um, so, But what we do with it is very important. Get rid of offense and get rid of it quickly. Um, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He's talking about the Spirit of the Lord being upon him. He's actually reading a prophecy from the, Spirit, uh, from the prophet Isaiah, and he's saying, this is me of who the prophet was talking about. And he says, I have come to pronounce release to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, or to deliver the oppressed. Now, that's what I wanted to get to, to deliver the oppressed. Jesus said, I have come to deliver the oppressed. Offense and bitterness, if you hold on to them, it'll produce a victim mentality. Yes. That is oppression. We see that happen a lot in our our, our society. Oh, yeah, right right now it's out of control. We give reason for particular groups of people, for uh, whether you're young or whether you're old or whether you have this color skin or that color skin or this experience or whatever, and and you, you should be angry about that, you know, because you know that has been holding you down. And and whether that's true or whether it's untrue, if you adopt the victim mentality, then you are oppressed. You are pressed down uh, from within. So you should release that offense, release that bitterness, rise up, lean on the grace of God, and and let him cause you to to, to flourish and prosper. Um, I, I want to read—actually, uh, you read this, Jonathan, Deuteronomy 28, 13. This should be how it is, and we read something similar in Joshua 1, 8 earlier, but Deuteronomy 28, 13. It says, "...and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail." You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them. So if we listen to the commandments of the Lord and do them, he'll make you the head and not the tail. Being the head is the opposite of being oppressed. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So don't hang on to offense. Don't hold on to to bitterness. It'll it'll just, uh, it'll grow in you like a weed. And just on a side note, does it affect the other person that you're mad at? No. No, typically it does it, not. It just it yeah. festers in your heart like a cancer. And that'll become similar when we talk about forgiveness. But let's move on to number two, uh, six reasons or six things that'll cause you to not move forward, to keep you from moving forward. Uh, number two is shame. Um, mm. Let me define this as a woe is me attitude, you know, a run and hide kind of thing. Um, now, I, I say that intentionally because I, I want you to understand uh, something about shame. There is a, a positive aspect of shame, and, and um, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of current preachers don't like that idea. But 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 says this, I now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, 
but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. Right. See, there is an element of shame that is that is helpful. If you had no sense of of shame, none at all, then you would have no no acknowledgement of wrongdoing. And so if there is an element of shame, it should be to the place of repentance and then you get up. Correct. That's where people make the mistake. And so that's where I want to draw the line uh, for you. Um, let me read on in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It says, For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. Mm. So it's not so that you would suffer loss. And so what a lot of people do is they go on in shame to the point of suffering loss. They don't get back up. Shame or the idea of saying, oh man, I feel so bad. I should not have done that. All right. You, you've, you're beginning to score good points because you've recognized your wrongdoing. I've stopped. I've stopped. I'm turning away from that thing. Um, so shame led me that to that place of repentance. But if you if you don't come to the place of repentance, if you pass the place of repentance and you just continue to be shameful, sorrowful, oh, just nobody, no, I, I just got to close myself up, whatever. It's destructive. Yes. It'll keep you from moving forward. Um, that I would relate to the idea of condemnation, which comes from the devil, which he's the one who offered the temptation for you to fall. And if you took the bait, he's not the one that helps you get out of the trouble. He's the one that slaps you upside the I'm talking about the devil here. Oh, yeah. He slaps you upside the head and said, what'd you do that for? And he was the one that offered He says, it here, the, take this hammer, not oh, that little one. Yeah, and, and he will help beat the snot Did out of you. Did you ever wonder why your rearview mirror is very small and you're not your windshield is very That's big? Right. That's because your past is way smaller than your future. I want to read the, the, uh, a little more out of 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It says, for the sorrow that is according to the will of God... Again, this is the good sorrow. The sorrow that is according to the will of God, it produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Mm. For behold, what earnestness this very thing, um, this godly sorrow has produced in you. What vindication of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what lo lo longing, what zeal, what avenging of the wrong. In everything, you demonstrate yourselves to be innocent in that matter. So when godly shame produces repentance, which says, you know what? I don't want I don't want to be here anymore. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. I don't like this. God doesn't desire this for me. Oh, this makes me feel so bad. God does not desire for me to feel bad. God desires me to feel right. I repent, God. Thank you for your help. And he pulls you out of shame. And then you can go on with joy. And, and thanksgiving and zeal and, and, and righteousness because God has vindicated you. Yeah, the you. devil, when devil puts shame on you, what he's trying to do is to get you to identify and become that thing that you messed up in. So that'll throw us over into the third point, which is pride and stubbornness or not admitting a problem. See, that's mm -hmm. that's where shame can take you too far and, and uh, or even misunderstanding how shame or how sorrow, let me use that term, how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to lead us to repentance. But some people end up saying, you know, God doesn't want me to feel bad. I'm not going to feel bad about what I did. If it was wrong, we should feel bad and we should stop doing wrong. So we don't want to not admit a problem. We don't yes. want to be full of pride. We want to be humble. So, so far we've covered three things that will keep you from moving forward. Number one, offense or bitterness. Number two, shame or t taking shame too far 
And number three, being stubborn, being prideful, not admitting that you have a problem at all. And when we come back, we'll talk about the the final three of six things that'll keep you from moving forward. You're listening to Ask the Preacher on this final episode of 2022. We'll be back in a few minutes. Now let's get back to the fourth and final segment of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher program, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's Jonathan and John. <laughs> well, actually, I guess it's Jonathan and Jonathan. Uh, technically, both of our full names, Jonathan and Jonathan. Hey, folks, if it sounds today like we're talking fast, that's because we are. We're talking fast <laughs> trying to get all of this uh, this figured in. But uh, they say that the uh, the human brain can comprehend 40 times faster than the human mouth can speak. So you're probably doing just fine. That's we appreciate right. you listening. And uh, we want to say, so we don't forget, Happy New Year to you. Um, we're talking about six things that will keep you from moving forward. We've discussed offense and bitterness. We've discussed number two, shame. Um, and then we segued from shame on uh, or sorrowful, being overly shameful, overly sorrowful, beyond the place of repentance, just be, to the place that you just bury yourself in the ground. That'll keep you from moving forward. Um, and then number three, we ended up segueing into pride or stubbornness or, or not admitting to a problem. Yeah, I just I want to uh, say something to that. When I go, one of the main things when I go into the jail, uh, dealing with guys, I think I tell them the main thing, the first thing to any change, the first step is to realize I'm the problem. Because if I don't realize that I have a contribution to this problem, then I don't open myself up for any change. I've I've cut myself off from opportunity to learn and see and heal. Yeah, um, you know, shifting blame, uh, always blaming everybody else. You know, sometimes there are other other people and other reasons yes, of for, course. for a problem that, that very well. But if you find out that something is not changing over a long period of time, you might want to consider that the common denominator in every situation is me. That's you know, right. I'm I'm always the one here when all of these problems happen. You know. Um, anyway, and so if we if we're never willing to admit that and that. that that was very well said, especially considering um, the the crowd that you're talking to these uh, these guys that are in uh, in in jail that are in constant trouble with the law with the system, um, and then and you know that from your own I know experience, that full well. yeah, you had to come to the place where you say, you know what, I'm the one that needs to make some changes in my life, and when you came to that place, grace comes upon you then exactly. Hallelujah! But until That's that when point, the grace of God comes, you're out. on your own. Yeah, when I when I am saying to God, "Hey, I got this. I don't need you." Okay, he'll, he'll say, "Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead." He resists the proud. Ah, uh, wow! But, but he, he gives, gives grace, grace to the humble, to the humble, to the one that's willing to humble himself, and basically say, "This, God, I need you. I need your help, God. I need your help." Oh man, I got in the car Wednesday night after Wednesday night service. The first words out of my mouth: "Oh God, I thank you for your mercy. I am so grateful to the help." Amen, of God. bro. It's amazing. Uh, we got three other things to cover, and probably like three minutes to do it in. Um, six things that'll keep you from moving forward: offense, shame, pride, stubbornness, not admitting a problem. Number four: unforgiveness. Oh, big one. Unforgiveness. Um, Jesus talks about unforgiveness in Matthew chapter 6 in the Lord's Prayer. Yep. Um, he also talks about it in, in Mark chapter 11, 11, which is this uh, this verse that's often used for obtaining the things we desire from God, you know, using our faith and believing for something. But, but he literally says, 
Hey, if you got a problem with your brother, you got some unforgiveness, go make that right and then come back here. Yeah, it shows you the heart of God. He's more concerned about your relationships than he is about, you know. And and you mentioned earlier uh concerning uh bitterness and um uh does it does it really affect the other person? No. So I can forgive whether another person apologizes or not. It's not about them being repentant. It's about me offering forgiveness or giving free. I can release something from my own heart to where it doesn't drag me down, whether that person ever apologized or not. Amen. It's not not contingent upon that. Okay, number five, lack of vision. A lack of vision will produce an undisciplined lifestyle, which we would end up calling laziness. In Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law happy is he. Yep. Now, the, the number one understanding of that is when, when God has not given you a picture, uh, when you don't have, uh, let me say it this way, when you don't have the picture that God's giving, that people cast off restraint, the people perish. What that means is they set aside discipline and therefore they, they perish. You could think of it like this way. If you didn't care about getting home tonight, you might not wear your seatbelt. That restraint that will keep you from being thrown out of the car, potentially, if you got into an accident. Um, so just related to this, when you have a purpose, when you have a vision, when you have a plan for your future, you will exercise discipline. It'll keep you from being potentially destroyed when problems and stuff comes, because problems will will yes. come. So gain a vision. Have have a have a vision about what you're going to do, and uh, it'll it'll help produce uh, a disciplined lifestyle in you. A good enough mentality is not good enough. That's right. You need to have better than that. And number six, lack of faith, which will produce doubt or fear. I got good news for you, folks. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If you say, well, how do I produce faith? Well, you get into God's word. That's right. And you say, I know what God desires for me. And you will have a trust towards God that naturally develops as you find out what God's word says. And that faith will come alive in your heart, and doubts and fears fall off. will fall away. They'll push away automatically. Why? Because your trust in God is becoming bigger and bigger and Amen. bigger. Every child that has learned to trust the arms of their father is not concerned about the adversaries that are around when their daddy is around. And that's that's right. how it is with God. Folks, we love you. God bless you. Happy New Year to you. Come and visit us at Believer's Fellowship anytime you desire, in person or online. The website is believersfellowship.com. God bless you. Happy Happy New Year. Year.